This is a Real Presence Radio News Link. The Diocese of Fargo has released its schedule for the celebration of Holy Week and Easter liturgies without the faithful present. Liturgical celebrations will be video streamed from St. Mary's Cathedral beginning with the 9 a.m. Palm Sunday Mass. You can see the full Holy Week schedule on the COVID-19 page at fargodiocese.org. The Diocese of Crookston, Duluth, Superior, Rapid City, Sioux Falls, Winona, Rochester, New Ulm, and Cheyenne will also video stream their Holy Week liturgies. You can find their schedules on their respective websites. And there's still time to register for the first virtual Catholic men's and women's conferences this weekend. The free conferences begin today and run through Sunday evening. Log in at any time throughout the weekend to hear inspiring talks by some of the biggest Catholic names. Over 32,000 people have now registered. And you can sign up at virtualcatholicconference.com. This has been an RPR Newslake. Real Presence Live continues after the break. Mayo Pharmacy in Bismarck is a faith-based pharmacy committed to delivering excellent care. We're pro-life and pro-family, respecting the dignity of the human person while providing for your individual needs. We have Catholic gifts for all ages, from mystic monk coffee to cards and crucifixes. Plus, we offer a wide range of clinical services, including rapid influenza testing and diabetes care management. You can visit us at 303 North 4th Street to discover the Mayo difference. Our number is 701-223-2424. In today's crowded higher education field, there's one university whose quality and personal care stands out from the crowd, the University of Mary. The University of Mary offers truly affordable, flexible adult education because your success is our priority. Here, you matter, and we're with you every step of the way to make sure you succeed. Choose a university community that cares about you as a student for life. Discover us at online.umary.edu slash discovermary. Rose Management is a family-owned business that believes in good morals, doing the right thing, and treating our residents as family. Rose Management provides affordable housing to complexes throughout North Dakota and Minnesota. All Rose Management properties and our maintenance staff are in a centralized location in their cities. If you have any questions, you can call 701-237-6840 or online at rosemanagement.net. Again, that number is 701-237-6840. We all appreciate the comforting things in life. Great food, laughter, celebrating Mass together, and friendships. Here at Riverview, we have all those things and more. Hi, I'm Carrie Dew, Executive Director. With Senior Independent Living Apartments and our Crosshaven neighborhood for those seniors who need a little more assistance, it is the sense of community here that makes Riverview home to all of us. Contact me, Carrie Dew, or Kelly Brecky for a tour at 701-237-4700 or online at homeishere.org. Through these times of trial, we invite you to join us in steadfast prayer for all those affected by the coronavirus and for increased hope and trust in the Lord. Monday through Friday from 1030 to 11 Central during Real Presence Live, our hosts lead a live rosary for these intentions. We also celebrate daily Mass at 9 a.m. and 3.15 p.m. after the Chaplet of Divine Mercy. And on Sundays, we bring you Mass at 7 and now 1030 a.m. Central. Please join us as often as you can. We're your family of faith and hope. This is Real Presence Live on the RPR Network, bringing you stories of faith and hope through local hosts and guests from across the Upper Midwest. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to Real Presence Live. I'm Jack Canelli, and with me is my wife, Doreen. We are your hosts for this morning's program. One of the ways you can listen to Real Presence Radio is via our app. If you don't have it, head to the App Store on your phone and search for Real Presence Radio. 
Once you have it, you can listen to great daily programming like Real Presence Live. Find the daily podcasts if you happen to miss a show. Reflect on the daily Mass readings. Submit a prayer request. And even become a part of this family if the Lord is calling you to donate. So take a moment and download our app as we prepare to head into our next interview. And uh, what's been happening at the Minnesota Capitol in response to the coronavirus? And with us today, this morning, we have uh, our weekly guest, Jason Adkins, who is going, who's from the Catholic Conference. And he's going to be um, kind of sharing with us some highlights that have been happening um, with the leg- state legislature over the last week. So good morning, Jason, and welcome back. Hey, good morning. It's great to be with you this morning, even on a cloudy, rainy day here in St. Paul. Well, thank you for being with us. I think you're getting the rain and cloud. The raininess in the clouds that we had yesterday, yeah. I hope it doesn't turn into snow. Yeah, we got about two, three inches, it looks like. Yes, we watched a, oh Christmas, we watched a Christmas movie last night, <laughs> because <laughs> that's what it looked like outside. So, um, yeah, these days it always, it always feels like winter and never Christmas, right? As, uh, <laughs> yes, that's, yep, that is... That, as they say in Narnia? Yeah, yes. <laughs> right, yes, for sure. All right, so... Um, well, I imagine that there's a lot that's been going on in the state legislature in Minnesota. Um, are there just some, well, let's start with the um, COVID orders um, that have come out of legislation and um, how they're connected to abortion in the state of Minnesota. Um, is it being seen as a non-essential medical procedure or how is that being handled right now? Well, in some states, uh, the governor's orders about essential services has excluded abortion, and so those clinics are essentially shut down with the idea that um, the health care resources, beds, et cetera, et cetera, need to be preserved for a COVID-related response. That hasn't been the case in Minnesota, where abortion has been deemed an essential service. Mm. And so and a, and a, it was a ban- the order specifically focuses on elective surgery, so in Minnesota... Uh, elective surgeries have been postponed, but then one wonders, does that include abortion? And no, that does not include abortion, so those can continue to proceed apace, and that has generated a sufficient amount of controversy, as you can imagine here, and so it's been a debate as to whether or not abortion should be considered elective procedures. Um, the silver lining in that, though, is that um, what's called reproductive workers have been considered essential workers because of that announcement, so the work of crisis pregnancy centers or pregnancy resource centers, whatever you want to call them, uh, those those are going to continue. So even though abortions will continue, the work of pregnancy resource centers during this COVID response crisis goes on. Well, it's nice that you can find some silver lining in that very dark cloud. Um, and it's very unfortunate and almost ironic that we're working so hard to save lives on the one hand and then disregarding the dignity of human life you know, on the other hand, but yes. It is indeed, yeah, the, uh, the way in which some view abortion is so essential to their reality, right? So uh, very, very disappointing and certainly discouraging as we work to save lives, like you said, and all this rhetoric, uh, especially is surprising in many ways from folks who identify as pro-choice, you know, that if, if it saves one life, we should never let economic considerations get in the way of saving lives, but the whole premise behind legal abortion is that to protect the economic well-being of women, we have to allow abortion. So there's just 
this strange reasoning uh, during the time, and then even on the, some, from some pro-life perspectives, is, well, we can't shut down the economy. So it's interesting scrambling of ideas, and you wonder if um, people are going to really have to rethink their positions or consider their, their, full, their consistent ethic of life and how all these principles shake out in light of this COVID crisis. So it's really interesting times we live in. Truly interesting times. Um, I'm wondering, um, I have a note here that um, something's happening in the Minnesota legislature um, about moving to a video, to video hearings so that other, for, so that more than the legislators can um, tune in to what's going on. How is that um, being orchestrated? Well, it's a fascinating uh, phenomenon because, you know, how can legislatures work during crises like this involving social distancing, avoiding contact, but at the same time maintaining transparency, right? Mm -hmm. Um, People were upset by this last federal stimulus bill that, you know, no one really knew what was in it except for a few lobbyists. And then we all, you know, as Nancy Pelosi said about Obamacare, we have to pass the law to find out what's in it. Well, I think at the state level, our legislators are working overtime, even though it comes with the breaking of many longstanding traditions about doing more hearings electronically. In the Senate yesterday, there was a big hearing that was done electronically. That's, to my knowledge, never been done before. Um, In Alaska, they do it because it's so hard to get to Juneau, but um, here in Minnesota, that's a very new thing. So it's transforming how legislative decisions are made. But there's still all kinds of concerns about transparency and process. Who who really gets to speak at these electronic hearings? Um, There's only limited time, limited resources. How do we make the video environment for legislative hearings, one where all citizens feel they have the opportunity to participate and be involved in the process, as legislators are making very, very important and expensive decisions about how to respond to this crisis. So it's from a political uh, process and theory standpoint, it's really fascinating to see um, how uh, we're navigating some of these challenges. It, it will be interesting to see how that works out because... <clears throat> Transparency is a good thing, but sometimes I'm wondering if we're just building another grandstand. Indeed, indeed, yeah, transparency is important. But at some time, at some point, you know, we elect representatives to make decisions on our behalf and get things done. So, how do you balance transparency uh, with the fact that people, especially in Minnesota, where we're the only state with a divided legislature, meaning Republicans control the Senate, Democrats control the House? You know, how do you get things done? And sometimes people just need to get into a room and, and work things out and make decisions. Okay, thanks. For, before we get on to our, our next, uh, the next question, I'd like to thank everyone for tuning in to Real Presence Live this morning. Uh, again, I'm Jack Kennelly, and my wife, Dreen, are your hosts for this morning. And our guest is Jason Atkins from the Minnesota Catholic Conference. And uh, we're just talking about uh, some of the... Uh, COVID uh, legislation that's going on in the state of Minnesota. So, Right. Um, Jason, another question that we have is, um, well, actually, just inviting you to talk to us a little bit about the Minnesota Family Investment Program, what it is, what um, updates there are, and how it impacts um, the uh, citizens of Minnesota, the Minnesota Family Investment Program. Sure. So that's the Minnesota Family Investment Program, the basic uh, welfare program for families with children. So many people might know it as TANF, Temporary Assistance for Needy Families. That's the federal name of the program. Uh, But it's an important one, especially 
for low-income families as, you know, small businesses and industries and, you know, the normal taxpayer is getting some sort of uh, bailout or assistance. It's important that we prioritize the needs of our uh, poorest families and to make sure that they've got even just a little bit extra cash to make it through this time. And so we're proposing a $500 one-time cash grant to MFIT families. Those are, of course, of our poor families with children. And so that's been a big priority for us at the, leg- at the state legislature to supplement anything that the federal government might be doing in, in terms of assistance for all people. We want to prioritize the needs of the poor and vulnerable. So supporting MFIT and that one-time $500 cash grant increase has been important. That was originally in the deal that was struck and passed uh, last week, uh, but then was stripped out at the last moment. We're hoping that if the legislature does come together uh, next week before Easter break, that um, that is included uh, in a aid package going forward. That sounds like a very important thing, especially during this time um, you know that we're facing. Um, are there any other um, updates that we haven't talked about that you'd like to highlight before we conclude this part of the show? Sure, we're really working overtime on assistance to non-public schools. That's one of our big legislative mm-hmm. priorities. Uh, everyone's uh, facing real challenges uh, with regard to how to respond to this crisis. Schools have shut down. They've transitioned to alternative learning platforms, but many of our Catholic schools are supported by parishes, and parishes are supported by collection plates. And with parishes closed, um, those collection plates are down, yet our Catholic schools are incurring extraordinary expenses from the standpoint of maintenance, cleanliness, um, paying employees, and at the same time developing alternative learning models, which is very expensive. So a lot of Catholic schools are, you know, very fragile, hand-to-mouth sort of ministries that serve, especially those that serve the poorest of the poor in our cities and rural areas. And so it's vitally important that as the state creates assistance programs and the federal government, it should be said, as they create assistance programs for um, schools that non-public schools are treated equitably. We're all responding the public health crisis, and then we should all be treated equally in how assistance funds and education stabilization funds are being distributed. So that's a key priority for us right now at the Capitol. Okay, well, well, good luck with all your efforts at the state Capitol with the with the the Catholic Conference, Jason. I, I'm sure it must be interesting times, if not very difficult times as well, dealing with the COVID virus as well. But we certainly wish you all the best, and thank you for uh, being a guest with us today. Thank you very much. And if people want to stay updated, they can go to our website, mncatholic.org. Again, mncatholic.org and sign up for the Catholic Advocacy Network, and they'll be given updates and opportunities to speak to their legislators uh, through that network. So, again, a great resource at mncatholic.org. Okay, great. Thanks, Jason. And up next, it's a daily devotion that your family can take up. Father Kyle Metzger of the Diocese of Fargo will be with us to unpack the beauty of the Liturgy of the Hours. And later, we invite you to join us in praying the Most Holy Rosary of the Blessed Virgin Mary as we seek our Heavenly Mother's intercession for all that we're facing at this time. And this and more as Real Presence Live continues. Live, engaging, and local, this is Real Presence Live, where we bring you positive and uplifting stories and share the great things happening in our local area on the Real Presence Radio Network. 